What an exciting weekend it was for the Atlanta Braves who get a really good series win over the Baltimore Orioles capped off with a walk-off winner from Michael Harris. We'll discuss that and also talk about the good weeks from Jared Schuster and Ambioris Tavares down on the farm in this week's minor league update. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback you have for the podcast. You can also check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Also, if you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We are over 5,000 subscribers. I don't think I've said that on the podcast yet, but what a great accomplishment. Thank you so much for all the support out there. And another way to do that, hit that thumbs up button. It does help support the show a ton whenever you do that. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Thank you so much to all my everydayers out there, those who continue to let me know that in the comment section on YouTube. On today's episode, we're going to recap a wild weekend for the Atlanta Braves who get a series win and they had to really work for it then we'll get into our um, weekly minors uh, update as well we've got some good performances down on the farm Jared Schuster and Bioris Tavares coming around with the bat we'll discuss that a little later in the episode as well then get into some news items what's going on with Max Reed is he going to pitch this week is he not we're really not sure at the moment well let's start talking about what happened over the weekend Really strange, interesting, exciting series for the Atlanta Braves. It felt like for a lot of this series, the Braves didn't play great baseball. And I think a lot of that credit goes to the Baltimore Orioles. And that was really one of my bigger takeaways from the from the weekend. That Orioles team is really good and really fun to watch. I answered it on the mailbag episode we had last Friday. Somebody had asked me which series I was most looking forward to in this stretch of games to have coming up. And I said the Orioles because, you know, I don't really get to watch them a lot. Obviously, I know they have a lot of good young talent over there. They're an exciting team. I said going into the weekend that they reminded me of those 2018-2019 Atlanta Braves teams who were starting to get some confidence in themselves, turning a corner, and that's exactly what we saw. It's a young team. They battle you up and down the lineup. They have good at-bats. I know the starting pitching was a struggle for them. The Braves hitters made them look really good. We'll talk about that here in a second, but... Just a young team with a lot of confidence, plays the game the right way, made a ton of great defensive plays. I mean, again, I thought the lineup was solid, up and down. I thought the defense was spectacular. I mean, it's one big reason the Braves offense struggled so much in this series. I thought the bullpen was great. The arms they have coming out of there were fantastic. And like I said, their starting rotation you know, seemed to be their weak link. It was not the case this past weekend. Maybe some of that had to do with the Braves' offense. Again, I think some of that had to do with the great defense by the Orioles. But one of my bigger takeaways from the weekend, that Baltimore Orioles team is really, really good, and they're really fun to watch. I'm really interested to see what happens with them the rest of the season as they play in a very difficult NL East, one of the best teams in that division. And the Braves were able to manage to take two out of three from them. Again, had to really fight to do so and had to fight themselves. They made plenty of key mistakes. Braves offense was just bad this weekend in a lot of situations. And 
you know, after so many great at-bats in Miami, and I talked about it, the at-bats in Miami were just fantastic. I mean, everybody up and down the lineup was having great at-bats, and you didn't see that as much in this series. Now, again, as I alluded to, some really bad luck in this series. It seemed like every time they squared up a baseball, it was right to somebody, a couple of key situations, and Braves hitters, you know, hit what would hit a line drive and it go right to a defender, or they, they would make a great defensive play. Their outfield defense in this series, I mean, it the best I've seen all year. Left fielders in particular made several great running catches. There was also a couple of times where you saw them cut off a ball in the gap that would hold the Braves to a single. I was just really impressed with the Orioles defense overall, but also the Braves didn't, I think, have the cleanest at bats offensively as well and that you know didn't help either and then what's going on at home again they won the series but it's a struggle and just not playing great baseball at home in front of some of these sellout crowds that's also something I think they they got to figure out again it helps they they won the series but it wasn't always pretty for them and it hasn't been at home so far this year just one game over 500 at home this year is absolutely crazy for a team with this much talent and as much support that they get at home. Kevin Pillar saved the day on Saturday. Again, you looked at the first game and really three-fourths of game two. It looked like it was going to be an ugly weekend for the Atlanta Braves. Kevin Pillar comes in and saves the day on Saturday with a two-run homer. Last man on the roster, uh, a guy that a lot of people, maybe myself included, thought was there just strictly for the veteran leadership and presence that he brings, but he's had some big moments this year come up with some key at bats and great decision by Brian Snicker. I mentioned this on the postcast on Saturday evening, but I was a little surprised that he went with Kevin Pillar over Eddie Rosario. I know it was the handedness matchup. You bring in a righty to face the lefty, but Eddie's been swinging a good bat against lefties lately. And Eddie comes up big in these clutch spots a lot of times or has at least in a Braves uniform. So very good decision there by Brian Snicker. One that I myself question when it happened but what a big moment for Kevin Pillar his 100th home run of his career is an absolute big one Bryce Elder he continues to shove had a great start on Sunday again I said it all the time now I don't know what more you need to see from this guy to see that he's a major league pitcher it seems like everybody keeps waiting on him to lose his job and he just continues to go out there and give you good performances so we got another one from Bryce Elder Another point from the weekend, these early morning Sunday games are an absolute joke and a travesty, in my opinion. They have got to stop. I get it wanting to try to get all eyes on one game at one time. And, you know, I know football does that, whatever. This isn't football. This is this is baseball. It's different. It just it has to stop. I mean, look, I know not everybody goes to church on Sunday mornings. I'm not trying to have that conversation here. It's a personal choice, but. I get out of church and the game's almost over on Sunday mornings. Like I, That is just, it's got to change. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, I'm not trying to make excuses for the offense, but you play a late game on Saturday night and you have to get up the next morning and play at 10.30 my time central, 11.30 Eastern still. Just, it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand it. I don't know who's watching these games that early on Sunday morning or at least tuning in for the beginning of them. I got to imagine the numbers are pretty low. If you want to share those for me in the comment section, I would love to see them, but these early morning Sunday games are just an 
they got to stop. It's terrible, in my opinion. But anyways, that's a soapbox item for maybe another day. But I did want to at least mention that as part of my points from the weekend. Defense for the Braves was horrible in the first two games. Max Breed making two errors on Friday night. Mon Grissom making a costly error on Saturday. Was great on Sunday. And perhaps that has a lot to do with Orlando Arcia being back and maybe that's settling things down. He certainly made several key plays in the game on Sunday. And that's another thing. I you know, woke up early, got the kids ready for church. We all go to church. I get out and I hear Orlando's Arcia's name. What an absolute shock to hear that he was back on Sunday. And boy, did the Braves need him because the end made several key plays in that game. On Sunday, made a great play in extra innings. A ball hit up the middle, a fast runner at second, and he has the confidence to go to third base to, to get the runner there. Just an insane decision and a great play. Uh, made a couple of other great plays in the game as well, as I mentioned. And then Acuna's throw. And I know this point was to talk about how bad the defense was, but I do want to highlight how great it was on Sunday and the difference that it made. Mention the play by RC in extra innings. The throw by Acuna. No lie, I, the video has been on loop on my computer you know, pretty much since it happened. I have watched it several times, and I'll watch it several more times again. It's just unreal. First of all, that somebody would run on him and continue to test him. He should have two outfield assists in this game. I still think James McCann was out at second base, but an absolute laser. Not even one of his hardest throws. He just set himself up, got himself in a great position. That's why I love going back watching the video, seeing how he set himself up to catch that ball with the momentum he had and then just make an absolute accurate throw to third base because that's hard. You're throwing it at the runner's back. So you've got to throw it a little bit to the side where Riley can catch it and then put the tag on him. It's just incredible. It was a huge play in that game. And then Michael Harris with the walk-off on Sunday. Look, Michael Harris has struggled some to start the year, and then he's been banged up in and out of the lineup. Starting to see his swing kind of come around. I think he himself said he had some thought he had some good at bats in this game, but didn't get the results. So great to see him get that walk off hit. Hopefully that gets him going and he can heat up. They walked Marcelo Zuna to get to Michael Harris, and I know again it's the handedness matchup. You'd rather face the lefty lefty matchup, and Michael Harris has struggled against lefties in his career so far. But do you think they do that if Ozuna Zuna hadn't been? hitting the ball better the last week. I, I don't know. Maybe they still do just to get the lefty-lefty matchup, but thought that was interesting, and that's going to be my final point from the weekend. Ozuna playing good baseball. <laughs> I mean, I, I tweeted this out. You know, the home runs are great. I expect those from Ozuna. I know he can hit home runs in bu bunches. My gripe with Ozuna has always been he doesn't do the little things in between that make him a valuable everyday player. It's usually either home run or bust. This year he's done a pretty good job taking the walks as well, but he doesn't run. You know, he doesn't he doesn't play defense, obviously, but he doesn't do the little things well to help you. Well, he did that this past weekend. He took a big walk, a crucial walk on Saturday. On Sunday in extra innings, he shoots the ball the other way to move the runner to third. And then we also saw him go first to third in a game the other day as well on a ball hit to left center. That was a huge play. <sighs> He's playing good baseball right now. He's not just up there being a masher, which, again, I know he can do that. I know he can hit home runs, but he's doing some little things really well, too. So, look, I'm not expecting an Azuna breakout or anything here. I'm just letting you know what I'm seeing and what's happening 
in the game. I've let my feelings know I would have cut him a long time ago. But what we're seeing, what I've seen over the past week or so, he's shown the home run power, which we knew was there. But I was really impressed with the way that he played small ball over the weekend and how he did some of those little things correct as well to help the Braves win. So, again, he's earning that playing time. He's going to continue to get it right now, although Travis Darno could be coming back soon, and we'll see what happens then. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But next, we'll get into our Miners Monday recap. Got some really good performances down on the farm that we'll discuss here next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Braves are off on Monday, but they'll play the Red Sox on Tuesday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. The Red Sox have been one of the hottest teams in baseball over the last week or so, so that'll be a fun one to watch. You can catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. As I mentioned, the Braves are off on Monday, so I'm going to do a live podcast on Monday night. So if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, we'll do another live one Monday night as well, talking about the future of the shortstop position now that we've seen Von Grissom we've gotten a real small look at Braden Shoemake so far what is the future of the Braves shortstop position we'll be discussing that once again live on Monday's episode so be on the lookout for that getting into this week's minor league recap start by looking at the top prospects like we always do Jared Schuster six innings of no hit baseball he did walk three no earned runs five strikeouts for Jared Schuster this past week. Really good start for him, and he could be getting another opportunity soon this week. He would be in line to pitch on Wednesday if the Braves needed him. They would have to get rid of somebody in the bullpen at that point, but Jared Schuster, after a good performance last week, might be in line to get another opportunity with the big league club. Um, Owen Murphy, four innings, six hits, one walk, four runs, two earned, six strikeouts in his last start. J.R. Ritchie, three and two-thirds innings, just one hit and one walk, one earned and seven strikeouts. A.J. Smith-Shawer, two innings, two hits, two walks, no earned, and two strikeouts in his first start at double-A. I did watch this game. It was raining the entire time. It's why he only went two innings because they went in a wrong, long rain delay, and he did not come back out. I thought he looked good. He got a couple of strikeouts on that big breaking ball that he has. The fastball velo was up to 96 on the radar gun, according to to the broadcast. So I, I thought he looked like, you know, he fit at double A. He's going to be able to get double hitter, double A hitters out. You know, they're going to test him for sure. He's a young pitcher, but you know, just what little that I saw and pitching through the rain, I, I thought he looked like, you know, he belonged there at double A. So really excited to see what he does this upcoming week. Hopefully no more rain in the forecast for one of his starts. Um, Braden Shoemake, 0 for 7 with a walk and two strikeouts at AAA this past week, but got called up, made his major league debut, went 0 for 4, but still 
getting to make that major league debut is a big accomplishment for any baseball player. So good to see him get that opportunity. Hopefully he gets another shot or two. I know RC is going to be out there every day and, and Braves defense needs it, but hopefully we do see she may get another opportunity before Adrianza comes off the IL. Spencer Swellenbach, three and th- a third innings, three hits, one walk, one earned, four strikeouts for him. Darius Vines, I still haven't seen him this year, and I've reached out. I've tried to find out some information on what's going on with him. If you know, let me know in the comments section below. We haven't seen him so far this year. Not sure what's going on with him there. Ambioris Tavares, six for 24 this past week, two doubles, a triple, and a home run. So four of his six hits went for extra bases. Six RBI, four runs, three walks, still 12 strikeouts. So struggling, striking out a lot. One stolen base and got caught stealing twice as well. But um, we've, they've talked about some swing adjustments that have, he's made. Garrett Spain, who does a great job covering minor leagues, has uh, discussed this and detailed this, that they've made some swing changes for him that seem to be working. Uh, the at-bats have been much better. Again, still the pitch recognition, not great with all those strikeouts, but starting to make more hard contact. And that's great because he looks really smooth defensively in the few games that I've been able to watch of him. So really good to see him get it going with the bat. Hopefully that will continue. I said last week, I'm more concerned with the offensive numbers for Tavares at the end of the year rather than the beginning. The guy just hasn't played a lot of professional baseball yet. So not putting a ton of stock into what I see in the early season, but last two or three months of the year, I'll be really interested to see what kind of strides he makes. And if there is, you know, a pretty stark difference and improvement in the numbers, the pitch recognition, the strikeouts at the end of the year rather than the beginning. Dylan Dodd, he got called up to start with the Braves. Six innings, eight hits, three walks, three earned, one strikeout. He obviously could make another start for the Braves this year. If somebody were to go on the IL, he could only come up if there were an injury. But a quality start for Dylan Dodd with the Braves last week. Nacho Ignacio Alvarez, 5 for 14 this past week, seven walks, four strikeouts, one run, four runs batted in, two stolen bases, got caught stealing once, hit 317, or on the year, he's hitting 317 with a 496 on base percentage. Just five doubles, no home runs, still not showing that power potential, extra base potential, but the eye is just elite. And again, Garrett Spain, who I go to a lot of, I get a lot of my information from four minor leaguers says, you know, it makes a good point. I think he just needs to go to another level. He's not being challenged at this level because there's nothing for him to swing at. His pitch recognition is so good. He's not chasing some of these pitchers who don't have the command and control at the lower levels. It may be time to just move him up to double A to see what he can do. Yeah. The bat may not be ready physically yet, but I mean, the guy has a 500 on base percentage. He's walking multiple times almost every game I don't know what more he can do at this level but either way I I love Ignacio Alvarez I do want to see more power and the batted ball ball profile get better but I mean the guy has a 500 on base percentage I mean it's pretty incredible what he's doing at the plate Michael Soroka four innings seven hits one walk three earned five strikeouts on the season now he has a 5.23 ERA a 1.60 whip, and batters are hitting 326 against him. 20 and two-thirds innings, 28 hits, just five walks, 19 strikeouts. But he's getting hit, and he's getting hit a lot. And I know everybody wants to see him make the return. I want to see him make that return. He honestly hasn't earned it at this point. When you look at the totality of his season, he just hasn't earned that. And 
again, I said it last week. I think you have to set your expectations for Soroka right now as a fifth starter. It's a guy who hasn't pitched for two and a half years. He's had to make a lot of adjustments to try to avoid further injury, and he's trying to get through that and work through that. The results just aren't there at the moment for him, I think, to to earn a call up. And I think the Braves are going to continue to monitor his, monitor his innings and be slow with him as they should be. I want to see the results. I want to see him make the comeback. I really, really do. I just don't think he's ready yet, just based on what we're seeing. I need to see some more consistent starts, some more consistent outings, him getting through five innings consistently, not getting hit around the ballpark as he has. 17 hits allowed in his last two starts before he gets another opportunity. All right, now looking at at each and every um, team in the minor league system really quickly, Gwinnett, my guy Eli Wyatt. I still love him. I still want to see him get an opportunity. There's just not a spot for him right now. When he did get called up, he played sparingly and didn't look great in those opportunities. But eight hits this past week, two doubles, a home run, three walks, seven strikeouts, three stolen bases. He's killed it at AAA this year. Nick Solak, seven hits, one double, five runs batted in, six walks, three strikeouts, and a stolen base. Forrest Wall, another guy who I think probably needs an opportunity. Six for 16, three doubles, three walks, three strikeouts, four stolen bases. He has 15 stolen bases on the year. Braves have a lot of depth at outfield right now. All those guys performing at the AAA level. And the bullpen at Gwinnett, Grant Holmes, an inning and two-thirds this past week. No hits, no walks, no earned, four strikeouts on the season so far. 14 and two-thirds innings, just seven hits, five walks, and 20 Four strikeouts. Grant Holmes has been really good out of the bullpen for Gwinnett, as has Jaxel Rios, who has a, a three innings pitch this past week, just one hit, no walks, two Ks, and a save. So a couple of bullpen options down there at Gwinnett if needed. Uh, but the Braves' bullpen looked really good on Sunday. And again, with Iglesias coming back, bullpen really starting to take shape in Atlanta. For Mississippi this past week, lost five of six against the Blue Wahoos, which is the Marlins' double-A affiliate Scored just 10 runs in those five losses. As you may know, the Marlins have a pretty good pitching system going on over there. Wahoos didn't score a ton either in that series. Mississippi Braves pitchers had some good performances this week, but just not a lot of offense. You may have heard me talk about this, or I know I tweeted it out. Others have talked about it. They're experimenting with a tacky, more tacky baseball in the Southern League, which is where the Mississippi Braves play, and it's really drop down offensive numbers southern league's already a pretty difficult league to hit in because some of the ballparks are very pitcher friendly and now they're introducing this tacky baseball which you know is giving pitchers more spin more velocity and it's really dumbing down a lot of the offensive numbers at double a so that's something to keep in mind here but really there's nobody of note offensively for mississippi this past week landon stevens had a double two homers and five walks that's about it. I did mention some good pitching performances. Domingo Robles, seven innings, three hits, one walk, no earned, seven strikeouts. Tanner Gordon, who just continues to look good at double A, seven innings, four hits, no walks, no earned, and five strikeouts. And then out of the bullpen, Coleman Huntley, two and two thirds innings, a hit, no walks, no earned, and three strikeouts. So really tough week for Mississippi. Again, had some good pitching performances, but offense just not there. At Rome, Geraldo Quintero, 7 for 25, a triple, two walks, two strikeouts. Drake Baldwin had two home runs, a double, five walks on the week as well. Uh, catching prospect there, showing a little bit of power. Kevin Kilpatrick, my guy, only three hits this past week, did walk six times, but he had two home runs and a triple. So impacting the baseball whenever he does get his hits. 
Uh, Luis Vargas, five innings, one hit, one walk, no earned, seven strikeouts for Rome. And Jonathan Hughes, three innings, no hits, no walk, no earned, four Ks, and a save out of the bullpen for Rome this past week. And then finally, down at Augusta, Jair Casanova, six for 16, three triples, one home run, six RBI, two walks, five Ks, and a stolen base. Hope that guy makes it up because Jair Casanova is a pretty cool name to say. EJ Exposito, six for 14. He had a really good week. Ethan Workinger as well. Six for 19, two triples, a home run, three walks, and a stolen base. On the pitching side at Augusta, Hayden Harris, three and a third innings, one hit, no walks, no earned, seven strikeouts, and one save. Really impressive stuff there from Hayden Harris. And then Seth Keller, five innings, four hits, no walks, one earned, and two strikeouts. So that is your Monday's minor update for the week. You got some prospects you got your eye on. Let me know down in the comment section below. Uh, go ahead and take a look at them and talk about them maybe on a future Miners Monday episode. All right, next, do have some injury news. Want to talk about Arcea's surprise return? What's going on with Max Fried and is Travis Darno returning? We'll talk about that here next. So I said it earlier in the podcast, got out of church, turned on the game, and hear Orlando Arcea's name, and I was completely surprised because I did not check my phone before going into church. And I just, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's incredible. I want to give a big shout out to my wife who, when the, when the injury happened and she's a physical therapist, I said, how long do you think he could be out? And she said two to three weeks is possible depending on the type of micro fracture and where it is. And, you know, I tweeted that out. I used it. A lot of you thought I was crazy. And here he is back in 21 days, uh, three weeks. So pretty incredible stuff here from Orlando RC. I hope he is fully healthy and I hope, that wrist is feeling great, and there's any, aren't any other setbacks that come along the way. Does feel like it's a little bit rushed and maybe somewhat of a, a panic move um, because of what's happened at the shortstop position. Grissom, you know, struggling defensively, but uh, he looked great on Sunday. Hopefully, that continues because again, the defense just looked so much better all around with Arcia back out there Sunday. So great to have him back. Really excited for him. Apparently, he was pestering the team to come back and wanted to come back. He himself said last week, he said, I, I want to be back for this homestand. And he was so real credit to him, all the work that he put in to come back and then to look the way that he did, especially defensively also had a double in the game. Uh, just fantastic news for Braves fans. Hope he can pick things up right where he was when he got hit on the wrist three weeks ago with that Von Grissom option back to triple a shoemate kept up. A lot of people wondering about this. They don't have anybody else who can play shortstop on the 40-man roster right now. So either Grissom or Shoemake has to be up with Adrianza on the IL. So that's why you have to keep one of them up. Grissom going back down, going to get everyday reps. When Adrianza comes back, I would expect Shoemake to get sit down as well so that he can continue to get everyday opportunities. Look, we're going to talk about this more on... Tuesday's podcast, which I'll record live on Monday night, Grissom needs to be in AAA. He's a AAA player. He's 22 years old. That, that's where he should be. I'll go into more detail on that on Tuesday's episode. And then what's going on with Max Freed? He was originally scheduled to pitch Wednesday. They removed that and labeled it as a TBA. They asked Brian Snicker about it, and is he going to pitch on Friday? And Snicker said, I don't know. We're exploring options. We're, we're talking about it. Whatever you know, it was, it was very cryptic which made it sound like maybe there's something going on with Max Freed. So we don't know when Max Freed's going to pitch next. I mean, he could technically come back on Wednesday, you know, or you want to push him back to Friday, give him some more rest. That's fine. But the Braves would either have to go with the bullpen game 
or call somebody up for a spot start, which again would either have to be Schuster or they'd have to um, put somebody on the aisle to call back up Dylan Dodd. But really interesting situation right now with Max Free. Don't know what's going on there. Uh, now, Mark Bowman did also report um, that Travis Darno could return this week. And as I check Twitter right now, it looks like Travis Darno has been um, reassigned or reinstated from uh, his rehab assignment with Chadwick Trump getting sent down. So there's a little bit of breaking news for you as I record this. So Travis Darno will be back this week. Again, we'll see what happens with him, how much he catches, how much he DHs with the way Ozuna is has been playing lately. So, But good to have Travis Darno back either way, veteran experience there. But Sean Murphy's been incredible. I want him in the lineup every day. And again, with the way Ozuna's been swinging the bat and the way he's been playing, I think he kind of deserves those opportunities as well. So a lot of good options for Brian Snicker at the moment. But going back to the Max Freed thing, Mark Bowman also said the issue is Snit wouldn't commit to Freed pitching on Friday. Extra rest would have been understood, but he didn't commit to Freed on Friday. So again, don't know what's going on with Max Freed there. Travis Darno is back. Braves are getting healthy. Let's hope that remains and that Max Freed's okay and does start this week. We'll be sure to update you that update you with that on the next episode of Locked On Braves. Again, Braves off on Monday. They play the Red Sox Tuesday night at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Scheduled starters are Nick Pavetta and Charlie Morton. You can catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you so much for making Locked On Braves your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 